What's going on, everybody? This is Heath, and I'm here with Steven, and this is Tillman's Corner Sports Talk. We have a great episode planned for y'all. Me and Steven are actually doing it remote again this week. And my little boy, Nathan, he's not feeling well, so we're doing it remote. How you been doing, Steven? Hi, doing good. Just leaving work, so doing good, but uh, had some good football, some interesting football for the NFL playoffs to watch this weekend. So. Yeah, some great, great matchups. But let's start off with a hot topic, and we're going to start with a sad hot topic. Uh, Darius Miles, and this is a hot topic because me, me and Stephen, we're both Alabama fans, and a lot of people that listen enjoy Alabama sports. And Darius Miles, you probably know the name. He's on Alabama's or was on Alabama's basketball team. Came out Sunday. He's been charged with capital murder of, I don't want to butcher her name, Jamia Harris. Stephen, what are your what are your thoughts on this? It was him and another guy. They both got charged. It came out today. He didn't actually shoot the young lady, but he provided the guy with the gun. Stephen, what are your thoughts? Yeah, kind of just just crazy. And and then you read, you know, there's not a whole lot of details um, that has been released, but you know, it was uh, I think actually. That, not Saturday. It was early, early Sunday morning. So it was like one thirty, two o'clock in the morning. Down. I, I don't know if it was outside of a bar. I would. Uh, I, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. He uh, shot which, I mean, car. you know. Yeah, I mean, so just right there, one thirty, two o'clock in the morning. You're outside of a bar. That's that in and of itself is a recipe for disaster. Um, and obviously, you know, they've been drinking, alcohol's involved, and all you heard at first, you know, he's been charged with capital murder no details because they're still, you know, figuring stuff out. And then I think the victim's mother, um, you know, it, I don't know if she's talking with emotion or how accurate all this is, but I, she went on Facebook, I believe, and um, was saying that basically the girl didn't want to talk to him or whoever it was, whether it was Darius Miles or this other guy. Um, and so they, I don't know if they purposely tried to shoot her or shot at her. But just a just a terrible situation. It's still horrible for the, the for one the victim's family. I believe she was a mother had a had a young young child. So just a senseless thing, man. Just so stupid um, on, on both these guys' parts. For one, you know, shooting at this girl, but then also, like you said, it came out today that he didn't actually pull the trigger, but he provided the gun. Which you know, it's just as bad. You know, why would you? There's no need to do that. Um, just, just, just senseless. It really is. Yeah, very senseless. It's it's a sad situation. You hate it for the young girl's family, like you said. She was a young mother. You hate it for her. You pray for her or pray for her family, and you know, just a terrible situation. And just two young men that just really, honestly, threw away their life. I mean, their life is they're going to spend a long time in prison, and rightfully so. I mean. You can't take a life. That that's something. He's no longer on the yeah. Alabama basketball team. They kicked him off. He's no longer enrolled in the university. So we'll see how it plays out in trial. But just a terrible situation all around. And Absolutely. Prayers for her and her family. But let's go to our second one. Pete Golding. For all you Alabama fans and SEC fans out there, he is leaving Alabama. He was a defensive coordinator. He's leaving Alabama and going to Ole Miss. Stephen, what are what are your thoughts when you first saw this? What was the first thing that went through your head? What are your thoughts? I don't know. I had mixed emotions because uh, I know 
if you've listened to the show or just been around me and Heath throughout the football season, you've heard us complain about Pete Golding. Um, he, I mean, it's hard. You know, I know a lot of Alabama fans are rejoicing. Um, he, he was a great recruiter. He got, got talent. Uh, was very good at you know uh, getting these these guys uh, recruiting these you know five stars and four stars uh, uh, defenders and just players in general, but it just seems since he took over, you know, if you look at the statistics since he took over, I mean Alabama still had good defenses, but they slowly and slowly started going down. Now you could say, oh well, that offenses have also changed and you know have figured out ways to attack defenses more and more. So, But, you know, it has gone down. There's been times that he, you know, has looked really good. But then, you know, versus Tennessee and, and just times at specific points in games, it seems like he has just fallen apart or like his defenses haven't communicated as well um, as they should have. So, I mean, I'm kind of mixed, like I'm sure a lot of people are, you know. Um, but I, if I had to say, I would say, yeah, I, I wanted to get somebody new in there. Maybe somebody would – I wouldn't say younger, but just that a new kind of fire and, and, and you know, ready to – just ready to go and fire up these guys and then prove themselves. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with mixed emotions because this is totally different than the offensive situation just because this is Nick Saban's defense. Nick Saban is – I'm sure he has very involved with the scheme and everything. So this is basically Nick Saban's defense. He doesn't have as much to do with the offense. That's why I'm harder on Bill O'Brien than I am Pete Golden. But I do think, you know, it, it was time to go. It says that apparently he took less money to go to Ole Miss. That's the report. Oh, yeah. so Alabama tried to give him a raise, and he turned it down to go to Ole Miss. I'm not quite sure I believe that. But, you know, no hard feelings. Like you said, he was very good against – here's the, his biggest problem – Against lesser competition, we dominated. He had a good defense. But against teams that had very good quarterbacks and good receivers, it was just we couldn't stop them. It was too many breakdowns and too many things. The top three names you hear out there, Stephen, is uh, Schumann, Glenn Schumann from Georgia. He's a co-defensive coordinator from Georgia. He's an Alabama grad. Jeremy Pruitt, we all know Jeremy Pruitt, what he's done. And then Jim Leonard, I – if you ask me, and I'm going to ask you in a second, if you ask me, I would prefer Jim Leonard. I think Glenn Schumann is somewhat of a – I don't want to say an unknown because it's kind of like the same situation with uh, with saving his defense. He's been under Kirby Smart, and that's Kirby Smart's defense. And he's got Will Muschamp there helping him. Jim Leonard, he's that's been his defense. He's ran it. He's a great young mind from Wisconsin. They're not as talented as the talent he would have at Alabama. That he has finished, I think he's been the defense coordinator there five years, and he's he's had the number one Big Ten defense three of those five years. And, you know, Wisconsin doesn't have the talent of all those other schools, Ohio State, Michigan, stuff. So that just shows me that he can coach, and I think he would do a very good job at Alabama. Who do you – I know we didn't have it on the list. Who is the guy you're looking for to bring in? Yeah, um, I mean, all interesting names I think all would do a good job. Obviously, Pruitt um, – He's been the defensive coordinator at Bama before, so you know what he's about. He understands. It wouldn't be a learning curve for him. He understands the system. He understands what Saban wants. So it'd be extremely easy to just plug him in and 
probably just pick right back up where he left off, like he never even left. But here's the problem. Doesn't prove Pruitt has a he's he's in trouble with the NCAA from what the yeah that's what I was about to say. The Tennessee. problem is that you don't even know because he was head coach at Tennessee NCAA violations. Um, he basically was fired. I think he might have technically left, but I mean you know fired, left, whatever. Um, so I, that's the thing. I don't know if the NCAA would allow him to even come back to the SEC and coach right now, even as a coordinator. Or would Saban even want to deal with the headache of – which Saban has never really cared about what people think, but would he want to deal with the headache and the, what, the way it looks and all that stuff? I don't know. But, you know, Jim Leonard, like you said, um, really good coordinator. Um, he's been the coordinator for Wisconsin for a while now. And, I mean, really you hit the nail on the head. Lesser talent than what he would have at Alabama – yet he still had top defenses year in and year out. So exciting to see what he could do with, with you know, four and five stars all over the field. And then Glenn Schumann, he's kind of, like you said, unknown because, you know, he came, he was a grad assistant in Alabama. Kirby took him. I want to say he was the first hire that Kirby made when he became the head coach at um, – Georgia, one of the first hires. So, that, I mean, that speaks volumes as to what Kirby thought of him. Um, but then this past year, you know, he was listed as a co-defensive coordinator along with Will Muschamp. And then, of course, Kirby has a huge hand in the defense. So, you know, you don't really know how much authority did he have in the play call and how much say did he have of what went on. Um, I mean, I think it would be a good hire. But, yeah, I mean – Jim, Jim Leonard, you know what he's about because he's been calling the plays. He's been – it's been his defense at Wisconsin. So, I mean, I don't think you go wrong really with any one of those guys. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Jim Leonard would be a, a good hire for sure. Yeah, and, and normally how it goes in these things, everybody says they're top three, and then Saban does something like completely off the wall. Nobody saw Pete Golding coming. I think he, he came from like uh, UT San Antonio maybe – I want to say it was one of those weird schools Pete Golden came from. and So nobody really saw that coming. So I could see Saban like doing something that nobody sees coming or those three for sure. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise yeah. me if it is Jeremy Pruitt. Or, or you wonder if he's going to promote from within. Because um, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know who. I mean, I haven't heard any names, but I feel like a lot of these coaches uh, want to promote from within because they, it's somebody the players are already comfortable with. Somebody the coach is already comfortable with. So instead of bringing in, you know, someone that, well, really Jim Leonard will be the only one that he doesn't know at all, I would say. But so we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's going to be really exciting to look forward to. And we're going to break down more of the coaches on the move and coordinators going and coming, who we want to see Alabama get as their offensive coordinator in future episodes. But let's go to our local shout out. This is a guy, Ryan Williams. We talk about him. All the time, just because all the accolades he wins and how special he is, he was named Mr. Football for the state of Alabama, first sophomore ever to win the award, Stephen. Yeah, uh, both of us had the the privilege to watch him live twice, and um, he absolutely dominated. I mean, you know, there were some times he had like some drops, uncharacteristic drops, but, I mean, you could just see anytime he got the ball in his hands, even if he didn't have the ball in his hands, just the way he ran routes. Um, one of the games we 
saw he you know had a punt return that um, he just turned on the Jets in the, in the last game to kind of ice the game against Theodore to go to the state championship. He had a wildcat play that they looked like they had him tackled, and then I mean he just turned on the afterburners, hit the corner, and then scored the touchdown. But he I mean he's unbelievable. He really is. He's like you said, only a sophomore, and he is extremely fast, extremely quick. Uh, I don't know. I, I should have looked up his stats. I think he had like over 3,000 all-purpose yards. Um, and if you're not a quarterback or even a, a running back that's getting the ball a ton, that's really impressive. Um, so all-purpose, you know, rushing, receiving, punt return, kick return. Um, and then I think his even his touchdowns he had was like absolutely ridiculous. But it's definitely going to be fun to watch him. Um, in the next two seasons before he goes, as of right now, going to Alabama. Yeah, no, he he was incredible. We cannot say enough great things about him, and it's probably won't be the last time he wins Mr. Football. He, he's that special, like you said, close to 3,000 yards, all-purpose. I think he had – it was either 42 – I think it was 42 total touchdowns, which is insanity for a receiver – He's just that special. But, you know, we really enjoyed watching him, and I, I'm not going to be surprised if they win the state championship again next year and the year after that until he graduates. That's just how special and how great of a group they have. But we're going to take a quick break, we listen to our ad, and we'll come back, and we're going to break down all the playoff games last weekend and then the ones coming up this weekend. We're back. Stephen, let's break down the playoff matchups last week, and let's see which ones we got right. Our first game, let's break down – the 49ers absolutely crushed the Seahawks in the second half. They win 41 to 23. Yeah. Um, I, and really, we thought because the Seahawks jumped out on them. Um, Seahawks thought, were winning at half. Yeah, they were winning at halftime. Um, but, you know, 49ers are just such a good team. I mean, it starts with their defense. Um, but even their offense, you know, Kyle Shanahan and this offense with a third-string rookie quarterback, Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy, um, had over 300 yards. I think it was like three touchdowns, I believe. Um, and and he, he's – but he's not doing too much. He's doing his part. He's distributing the ball. To Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, you know, George Kittle, all these guys. Uh, they're going to be extremely hard to beat for sure. You know, I think it's it's going to – the defense is what the defense is. So it's going to have to be an opposing team, you know, maybe trying to rattle this young quarterback. But they look really, really good right now. Yeah, they look phenomenal. That's my NFC pick to the Super Bowl with the 49ers. They're just great. This next game, the Jags beat the Chargers 31-30. Let me break it down. The charge, Trevor Lawrence, he's the quarterback for the Jag, Jags. Everybody probably knows him if you're listening to this podcast. Um, in the first half, first quarter, he throws three picks. In the first half, he throws four interceptions, and they have a muff punt. That's five turnovers for the Jags in the first half. The Chargers take a 27 to nothing lead, Stephen. And this is, I mean, this is insanity. 27 nothing lead. After that, the Jags get the ball five times. They score four touchdowns on four straight drives and then kick the game-winning field goal. The Chargers blow a 27 to nothing lead and lose 31 to 30, Stephen. Yeah. I mean, that's just 
crazy. I mean, we've seen some big time comebacks um, in all of sports, but you know, even in the NFL, you just—it's still hard to believe. Even though we've seen it, I've watched it happen. It's still hard to believe that a team, and like you said, it wasn't just the fact that it was twenty-seven to nothing. It was that, like you said, four interceptions and a must punt, five turnovers. I mean, typically, if you get five turnovers in a game, an entire game, you're going to, you have a very, very high chance of winning. But five turnovers in such a short, in the first half, um, that's just ridiculous. And to allow them to come back, um, you know, kudos to the Jags, kudos to Trevor Lawrence. To, I mean, after throwing four interceptions, you would have thought, his confidence would have been shot the rest of the night, but he fought back um, and led his team to a victory. So definitely one of the most incredible comebacks uh, you will see. Yeah, it was it was really incredible. And if you listen to the show, you know I like these weird stats. I don't know where I hear them. I just hear them. I listen to sports all day. Trevor Lawrence, Stephen, this is, this is crazy. You'll like this. And I didn't know this until I picked the Chargers, but in my defense, I said the coach would do something stupid. He got Mike Williams hurt. So Mike Williams couldn't even play one of the Chargers' best receivers. He got him hurt. But here's the stat. Since high school, college, and in the NFL, Trevor Lawrence has never lost a football game on Saturday. <laughs> How incredible is that? And that's a little foreshadowing because they got the Chiefs this weekend on Saturday. So I don't know. I'm not a betting man, but the man's never lost on Saturday. And after the game, he's just an average Joe. You know what he does after the game, after that big dub? Goes to Go Waffle, to House. Waffle House. Yep. <laughs> That's a great game. Let's go to the next one. Bills, very close, very surprising. They jumped out 17-0. Bills hang on to beat the Dolphins 34-31. to And let me just say this, Stephen, before you go. If the Dolphins have Tua, the Dolphins win this game. It's not even a question. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because um, they, I mean, like you said, I, I actually had turned it off because Bills jumped out to a very fast 17 and nothing lead. Um, I mean, both of us predicted the Bills to kind of whoop them, especially uh, when the news came out that Tua wasn't going to play. It was happening really fast, 17 nothing in a very short amount of time. I kind of flipped it off and was doing something else. And then uh, I think, you know, I looked at halftime. I don't know if it was tied up or it was 17-14 or – um, 2017. Um, yeah, 2017. Um, and really, I, th- I think believe the Dolphins took the lead at one point in the second half. Yeah, it was 24-20. Um, yeah, so took the lead. Um, but really, it was on their their defense because, what's his name, Skyler Thompson, I believe, uh, third-string rookie quarterback, was not good. Now, he did have his receivers not helping him out. His receivers and tight ends that had some drops. Yeah, Jalen Waddle killed that, him. Yeah, there were some. Um, but still, I think he was like 17 of 40-something. I mean, I think it, it was like a 40% completion percentage. So even if you throw in a few drops, he still would have been very, very bad. Um, but they also couldn't run the ball. So that didn't help him out. Uh Defense did all they could, but in the end, Josh Allen was just too much for him. Yeah, Josh Allen is—he's—he's he's special, and he—he. He, I know you picked him to go to the Super Bowl, and I—I I think they have a very good shot. 
he's just got to chill out with some of the turnovers. He's got to you got to realize you don't have to score a touchdown every play. Now, some plays he does it and he throws a 60-yard bomb. It's beautiful. And then some plays you're just like, "Whoa, what are you thinking, dude?" But good win for the Bills. They should have won. Dolphins didn't have Tua, so I think if they had Tua, different situation. Next game, the Giants, the 6 seed. Me, I think me, didn't you call it? I know I did. Me and you both called yeah. this upset. Giants beat the Vikings 31 to 24. And if you're wondering, "Oh, y'all didn't have a did I do that this week?" We did. The reason I say that, Stephen, before I let you go, your man, not your man, the Vikings man, Kurt Cousins, let me break it down, is fourth and eight. Anybody knows with a brain, watches football, fourth and eight. If you're going to throw a pass, you better throw a pass further than eight yards or at least one right there at the sticks or one where a guy's on the run. Kurt Cousins throws a three-yard pass out route on man-to-man coverage and ends the game, Stephen. Like, what is, what is he thinking? I don't know what he's thinking, and I don't know what play design that is either to even have a route that goes short. I mean, I, it'd be one thing if, like, there was literally nobody around him and he threw it to him three yards down past the line of scrimmage and he ran, you know, for the first down with nobody around him. But, like you said, man-to-man, I mean, the defender was all over him. He threw a three-yard out. I mean, it's, I don't understand if he was got confused thinking it was third down and he had another chance. Um, I don't know if he thought his tight end was going to go Superman and, like, you know, just carry the guy all the way to – I don't know. But, yeah, fourth and eight threw a three-yard pass to the tight end, and it ends the game. The Giants come in. And take a knee. And, yeah, both of us called it. You know, it's crazy. The, the Vikings were a really good regular season team. They went, I think, 13-4. and four, um, And they get to the playoffs and lose in the very first round. But the Giants are hot. The Giants are a very hot team right now. They'll face, I believe, the Eagles, I think it is, um, yeah. next week. So, that'll be an interesting game. Yeah, credit to Daniel Jones. He was absolutely phenomenal. Brian Dayball, he's an incredible head coach in the NFL. Daniel Jones, here's another fun stat. First player in NFL history in the postseason to throw for 300 yards and two touchdowns and rush for over 75. Steven, that's why I said they call him Vanilla Vic. He was running it all over him. He was slinging it. He looked really good. Very, very good. The nightcap on Sunday night, Bengals at Ravens. No, Ravens at the Bengals. Bengals didn't look good at all. Pulled this game out 24-17. If the Ravens had Lamar, it's kind of the same situation as the Dolphins. If the Ravens had their starting quarterback, the Bengals would be going home. Oh, absolutely, because it's crazy. I don't know if they were looking ahead, but I have the Bills going all the way. I think you have the Bengals going all the way. Yeah, um, I think you said it right. I think I think both teams were looking ahead. Yeah, neither team looked good at all, and they didn't look good against teams with backup quarterbacks. Um, you know, but, uh, I, I don't know. They just, they just didn't look good, and really – so the offense only scored 17 points. Um, uh, it's really a 14-point swing, if you will. So it, I think it was, was it first and goal from like the one-yard line. Might have been second and goal, something like that. And uh, the Ravens quarterback tries to do the old snap it and jump up and reach the ball over. Um, ends up fumbling. And really just a bonehead play because if you look at the formation and even once the ball is snapped, 
that play was designed for him to just lower his head and his, the, the guys behind him were going to try to push him in like everybody does. Um, so he jumps up, you know, these guys think, I saw it one time in a game, so I'm going to try it. And, you know, when you're on the one-yard line, you're three feet out. And that doesn't sound like much, but when you're trying to stretch over your offensive line and the defensive line and linebackers, you know, you're just holding the ball out with two hands. So all it takes is hitting a helmet or somebody throwing their hand up there to fumble, which is exactly what happened. And they return it all the way for a touchdown. So that's a 14-point swing. You didn't score a touchdown, and then they scored. So um, Bengals definitely got away with with that game for sure. Yeah, they did. And like you said, I, I feel bad for Tyler Huntley. Like I think he was just trying to make a play. It wasn't a very smart play. He may have lost his head. And honestly, if the Ravens score there, I think there's a good chance they win because their defense was playing very, very good. And I did see something where the Ravens give the Bengals the most trouble, give their offense the most trouble. I'm not sure why that is, but they just do clearly. And that was a great play by Sam Hubbard. Scooped and scored. But let's go to the last night, Monday night, final game of the wild card weekend. The Cowboys beat the Bucks, beat the brakes off them. I know I picked the Bucks. I think you picked the Cowboys. I uh, know I picked the Bucks as well. Oh, you okay? So you picked the Bucks. We both picked the Bucks. We thought Tom Brady may have had something left in the tank. And Cowboys always choke, but man, Tom Brady looked absolutely atrocious last night. If you look at the stats, you're probably like, well, I mean, what are you talking about? He threw for like 350 yards. No, he threw for 350 yards like in the fourth quarter when the game was a 28-point game. He looked horrible. The Cowboys looked very good, and the Cowboys are moving on. Yeah, probably the most surprising game of the weekend. For sure. Um, because, like you said, we both picked the Bucks. We thought, uh, you know, Cowboys – Usually they call it, you know, they call it cowboying. Uh, usually Cowboys choke in the first round, uh, especially coming off the way they look versus Commanders. You know what you was going to get. Um, but, yeah, Tom Brady looked absolutely terrible. Um, which, I mean, I wasn't mad that the Bucks that the Cowboys won. I just thought they would lose. But, for one, I wasn't mad because, I know it is what it is, but, you know, Bucks are have a losing record and are in the playoffs and got home field advantage in the first round. So, definitely wasn't mad to see them go ahead and get knocked out. Yeah, the Cowboys were clearly the better team. I just went with the Bucks because I thought, you know, the Cowboys, they, they, you said it, they Cowboy, they choked. So, that we both got that one tremendously wrong. Cowboys look really good. But let's jump ahead. Let's look at this week's matchups. First one we're going to hit is the Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence at Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs. The Chiefs are coming off a of bye, Steven. Trevor Lawrence has never lost on a Saturday. This game is Saturday at 430. Let me know who you think is going to win. I actually predicted last week I thought the Chargers would beat the Jags, and I said the Jags – no, no. I said the Chargers would beat the Jags, and then the Chargers would beat the Chiefs. So, what do you think? What's going to happen? So, I, this is going to be where uh, Trevor Lawrence's streak of uh, winning on Saturday ends. Because I just think, you know, incredible game by him and by the team as a whole to fight back. But you, you, if you get into a hole like that versus this Chiefs team, I don't think – I mean, obviously you can – possible um but i think if he makes you know just those two interceptions it's going to be very hard because uh, the chiefs 
is a, are a better team than the Chargers, especially their offense with Patrick Mahomes, uh, these skilled players they have. Um, Andy Reid's a very smart coach. He's been here before. All the players, you know, for the most part, except for maybe a you know few young guys, have been there before. They're not the moment's not going to be too big for them. So I mean, I can see the Jags giving them a tough time, but I think in the end, the Chiefs are just too much for them. Too good, too um, you know, the compo- have too much composure because they're not going to. The moment's not going to be too big. Okay, so you got the Chiefs. This is an eight and a half point spread. I have the Chiefs winning as well, but I have the Jags covering the spread. And do not be surprised. They played earlier this year. The Chiefs won 27-17. It was at Kansas City. This game's at Kansas City. So they're going to know what that feels like. I'm curious to see if Trevor Lawrence, if he wins this game, he's arrived. I mean, kind of like Joe Burrow took that leap his second year. Can this be Trevor Lawrence taking his leap? I love Doug Peterson as a coach. It wouldn't surprise. Would it surprise you if the Jags beat the Chiefs? Uh, I mean, it would. It would surprise me. So, it wouldn't surprise me. Honestly, I'm not. It just wouldn't. I don't. I don't know why. I'm not sold on the Chiefs this year, and I think it's because they lost Tyreek, and everybody's saying, "Well, their offense still put up the same amount of points and stuff," but it's different. Playoff football is different. They're going to take away Travis Kelsey, and how can you respond? I think if Trevor Lawrence can play like he played in the second half against the Chargers, I think the Jags can pull the upset. But I got the Chiefs winning this game. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be maybe a field goal game. I, I like the Chiefs. Like I think it's going to be a little high scoring, like 34-31. to 31. I think that's where I'm leaning, but I got the Chiefs in this one. Next game. Let's go. Oh, this is also a good one. Giants at Eagles. So last game was also an upset alert. This game for sure is an upset alert. You said it earlier. Giants are really, really playing well. It's hard to beat a team, Stephen, three times in a year. We always say that on this show, and it is true. This will be the third time they meet. Jalen Hurts, to me, is the key. Is he healthy? Is he back to 100%? Because if he's not 100%, I think the Giants can beat him. I think they could be a team of destiny. Daniel Jones, now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the Eagles blast them. But all I know is the last week of the season, the Eagles barely beat the Giants. And the Eagles and the Giants was playing nothing but their backups, and the Eagles was playing their first stringers because they wanted to get the one seed. So, I don't know what that means. You can take it for what it's worth. I don't know what. But I, I do. I got the Eagles winning this game, but I think it's going to be really, really close. Yeah. It's going to be a hard game. Um, like, I mean, Eagles probably the best regular season team. Um, and then the Giants, one of the hottest teams uh, in the NFL up at the, toward the end of the season and then even in the playoffs. Um, but it's going to be interesting because, like you said, Jalen Hurts is the key. Uh, then he, he missed the last – was it the last two regular season games? No, he played – the last regular season game against the Jags That's right. against the Giants backup. He missed like two or three games before that. That's right, he did. But uh I think having this having the you know, the off week leading up to this, he's rested. Uh these guys are rested, ready to go. I think uh we're gonna see you know the the, the what the hard thing about the Eagles offense is obviously they can run the ball. They have, you know, multiple great receivers, AJ Brown 
Devontae Smith, so you can't really try to double-team one guy because another guy can get open. But if you do find a way to, you know, take A.J. and Devontae out of the equation, then you have Goddard, their tight end, who's a good tight end. Uh, and then if you take cover everybody, then Jalen can still take off and run it. So very hard uh, offense to stop. Uh, so, I, I mean, I think it could be – I mean, I could see a high-scoring game. Um, maybe not that high-scoring because the Eagles, you know, the way they run the ball, it'll drain the clock and that type of thing. But so I'm, I'm going to go Eagles in a very, very close game, maybe a last-second field goal or last-second touchdown drive to win the game. But I'm going to go Eagles uh, partially because I want them to. I love Jalen. I want them to win. But also because I think they're, you know, I think they're going to be the better team this weekend. Yeah, very good pick. This next game – I think we're both really excited. All these matchups are really good and going to be really exciting to watch. This next one, the Cincinnati Bengals are going to the Buffalo Bills. This is both me and your Super Bowl picks. Steven, break it down. Tell me why you think the Bills are going to win. I think, because we both talked about these teams had bad games against their first-round opponents. Um, I think they were looking ahead. I think they were... Uh, Bills with the Dolphins, the Bengals with the Ravens, and you know they might they might have been telling each other, oh, we we got to prepare, we got to work hard. But in their head, they were probably you know maybe even subconsciously thinking, you know, oh, we're going against backup quarterbacks, we're going against backup quarterbacks, we should have this, we should have, it. and they struggled. But I don't think that's going to be the case. Um, I think, you know, Josh Allen will maybe tone it down. He's still going to be Josh Allen. He's still going to make, you know, throws off of one foot and throwing across his body because he's got a cannon. Um, but I think he's going to lead them to a win. I think the biggest key really to the game will be the Bengals' offensive line. It, it was already not very good, but then they lost some starters. Um, Jonah Williams, I saw he, you know, he dislocated his kneecap. So he's day-to-day and, and – even if he plays, he probably won't be at full strength. So I think the the Bengals' offensive line is going to be maybe what holds them back. Um, and so I, that's why I have the Bills winning. Yeah, all that very true. I got the Bengals winning. Like I said, they're my Super Bowl pick. Last week was very concerning to me. Having they were they started last week missing two offensive linemen. Now they you said Jonah Williams is out. I'm not sure if he's going to play. But that's three offensive linemen. It's hard to replace that. The reason I got the Bengals winning, I think there's two reasons. Devon Miller injury hurts the Bills. It hurts their ability to put pressure on the quarterback just rushing four. Now the Bengals have a terrible offensive line, so maybe they can. I think Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, I think they match up well against the Bills secondary. Listen, and it's, it's terrible, but... DeMar Hamlin, his, he's out. He was a starting safety. Well, he was actually the backup safety to uh, Carlos Hyde. So now you got a third stringer back there. It's it's going to be tough. It's going to be a very tough physical game. But I like the Bengals. I like Joe Burrow. I like what he's made of. Like you said, I think now if Josh Allen, if this game is really going to come down to turnovers. If Josh Allen turns the ball over, I definitely think the Bengals will win. If Joe Burrow turns it over, vice versa, the Bills will win. But just because I picked the Bengals at the start, at last week's episode, they're my Super Bowl pick. The Bills are your Super Bowl pick. We're, I'm going to stick with that. 
I like the Bengals in this game. I think it's going to, like you said, it's going to come down to the last drive. Who gets the ball last? Maybe a game-winning field goal or something like that. I'm hoping for a great game. Maybe it'll go to overtime. But I got the Bengals winning this game. Let's go 31 31 30. Let's let's do 31 30. I got the Bengals. And then the last matchup of the weekend, the Dallas Cowboys, after their great win over the Bucks, going on the road to the San Francisco 49ers. Steven, what are your thoughts about this game? Yeah, this is a hard one to pick um, because you don't know what Cowboys you're going to get. You can probably, you know. The 49ers are a consistent team, I would say, so you probably know what you're going to get out of them. The Cowboys, not so much. Like I said, you know, the Commanders' last game of the season made the Cowboys look like their, you know, little brother. Um, and they had their way with them, and the Commanders didn't make the playoffs. It's not a good team. Um, but they dominated the Cowboys. And then the Cowboys go to the Bucks, And, they, yeah, the Bucks aren't a very good team either, shouldn't. You know, losing record, made the playoffs, but they're way better than the Commanders. Um, have Tom Brady. I think their you know defense is you know all right, but they had their way with the Bucks. So mainly it depends on Dak Prescott. What Dak Prescott are you going to get? Forty um, ers great, great defense. Um, this is hard, man. I wouldn't be surprised. I want to go Forty ers I'm going to go Forty ers Win this game because of their defense and the consistency of their team as a whole. But it wouldn't surprise me if the Cowboys win because, you know, I said it's going to take a defense that ruffles Brock Purdy's feathers. I think the Cowboys could do it, you know, with Micah Parsons and then that that pass rush that they have. Um, They were getting after Tom Brady all night long. Um, So maybe we see them kind of get to him and then make make some rookie mistakes that we haven't really seen him made. Seen, seen him make so far, so I wouldn't surprise me to see the Cowboys win. But I'm going to go 49ers just because of all the the, the weapons they have on offense to spread it around and take pressure off their rookie quarterback. Yeah, and just for that reason, I, it actually would surprise me if the Cowboys won. And here's why: I got the 49ers winning. If you had an ideal team that you could build, the 49ers are built great. They are very good at every. They're very good to great at every single position that matters, except the quarterback. And so it takes the pressure off the quarterback. To me, if I'm Kyle Shanahan, I'm trying to limit Brock Purdy's involvement in this game, kind of like he used to do with Jimmy G. The man made it to the Super Bowl with Jimmy G. He threw, I was looking at some stats, and Jimmy G in one of their playoff games threw the ball eight times against the Packers, and they beat him. So he's... Kyle Shanahan can scheme up something where Brock Purdy is not going to lose the game. But the key to me to this game is the 49ers front, their defensive line. If they can get pressure on Dak Prescott rushing forward, and if they can stop the run having two safeties back and not having to bring a safety in the box, I think it'll be big. I think Dak Prescott will go back to being the inconsistent, maybe throwing a pick six, an interception or so. This this is always expected. Anytime, and this goes back to your saying, Stephen, Cowboys are going to Cowboy. Anytime somebody, like, let's say this, a lot of people were picking the Cowboys to lose to the Bucks and wasn't expecting much because of what they did to the Commanders. Anytime you don't expect a lot out of them, they win. 
anytime you expect them, oh, this is their year, they're going to win, then they lose, right? So that's why I got the 49ers. I think D'Amico Ryan's is a great defensive coordinator. I think Kyle Shanahan's a great play caller. I got the 49ers. There's my Super Bowl pick to go to the Super Bowl, so I got the 49ers. And that should set up the Eagles and 49ers for the NC Championship and the hopefully the Bengals and oh, I hope the Jags. I don't like I don't like the Chiefs for some reason. But Steven, so you still like the Cowboys. Or no, you like the 49ers, you said. I do. I like the 49ers. Okay. Well, we appreciate everybody listening to this episode. It was a little different, but we hope you enjoyed it. Follow us on social media at Tim's Corner Sports Talk. We put a lot of good content out there. And, uh, let us know your Super Bowl p- predictions. We put that on social media. Let us know. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us on Spotify. Give us a like and share if you like what we're doing. Give us some topics to talk about. The offseason's coming up, so we're going to need stuff to talk about. We'll be putting out some stuff about Alabama basketball and basketball coming up and all that. But we'll see you next week. See you. See you.